Welcome to the Blood Cancer Experience, a podcast series presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. This series connects people affected by blood cancers to their community with stories of hope, healing, and help. Thanks for joining us uh, for our ongoing series of podcasts presented by the LLSC. I'm your host, George Athens. Today, we're speaking with Tom Wong in Toronto. He is a survivor of MDS, otherwise known as Mylotus Plastic Syndromes. Hi, Tom. Thanks for Hi. being our guest. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, nice to have you here today. Thanks for um, having me. <clears throat> tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience uh, with being diagnosed with MDS. Um, about myself, uh, not much to say. I'm just a go-lucky kind of guy. Um, I think I'm fairly athletic. Um, I, I was healthy. Um, what triggered my <clears throat> my thoughts that something was up was coming back from, from the cottage. I wasn't able to go to the bus stop without uh, putting my hands to my knees and, and I was tired. And even at the cottage, I, was, I couldn't chop wood as I normally chop wood. So I knew something was amiss and I've always been told to listen to your body. So. I immediately went to a, a walk-in clinic where they did blood works. And uh, within a day, they, I got a phone call telling me to get myself to a hospital. And uh, yeah, that's where the, the madness began. Well, what was the process um, that you went through then when you were first diagnosed and, and how did you react to that news? Yeah, so um, when I got the news, it was probably around two in the morning to go to a hospital. And luckily, there was a one pretty close by. They did all my uh, some prelim blood works again, and I already had a temperature of 39. I think it's 39 degrees Celsius. And then they ordered a bone marrow biopsy immediately, and um, the results came back not so good. Um, there's something called blast count. And that's where they look at how healthy your your blood cells are or how immature they are. Uh, so I think um, anything under, uh, when you're approaching 20% blast count, it means 20% of your blood is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, so my blast count came back at 15%, so that was pretty severe. Um, so that meant that what my blood was supposed to be making, it wasn't. So my red cells weren't giving me the oxygen that I needed. Uh, my white cells weren't uh, fighting off diseases as it should have been. And um, my platelets weren't creating uh, clotting agents in case I bruised or, or had a cut. So all three scenarios uh, presented itself and that wasn't very favorable. So that's when I entered. MDS or blood cancer protocol. Well, going back to when you were first diagnosed again, um, what do you think was the most important thing for you to know at that time? Um, well, after the shock wears off, um, you have to like position your mind to, to believe that you're going to beat it. So I, I'm already a, 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 and I was always a faithful person. So Spiritually, I knew God was with me, but I also had the support system of my family. I had an amazing care team. I knew doctors, um, and 
they were able to advise on some on where I should go, for example, versus uh, not where not to go and what not to do. Um, yeah, staying positive was probably the biggest thing. And then trying to learn more about the disease itself was also helpful, not because it would generate more worry. And I guess that's the other way I could have taken it, that um, taking the, the, the research that I got and looking at the results of past cases and feeling negative about it, but that's not really me. Um, I'm not a pity party kind of guy. And I, um, yeah, I, I try to stay positive. And knowing what my blood cells were doing inside my body and being able to envision that helped me envision what it should be doing rather than what it is doing or what it could be doing. Um, so that really helped. Can you describe your treatment experience? It, it sounds like you managed to get treatment in a in a pretty fast way. I, I guess that was comforting as well. Yeah, as far as the, the expedience of my treatment, yeah, for sure. Um, I was able to get into the hospital at, at Sunnybrook, and then I was able to move to a different hospital downtown where they actually do a stem cell transplant. Sunnybrook's awesome, but they just at that time didn't offer stem cell transplant. So I had to be moved to, to Princess Margaret. Um, so just understanding the care that I, that I was getting, um, that was pretty helpful. What are the kind of things that others might find helpful to know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's knowing your body and staying positive. Those were huge for me. Um, I knew going in that, there were going to be chemo. There was going to be chemo. There was going to be radiation. Those kinds of um, uh, activities just just taxes your body. So in my mind, what I was trying to think of was go into those um, chemo sessions and go into those radiation sessions as strong as you can. So even in the hospital, when I you know was waiting, I would walk the hallways and do squats along the hallways or different ways of walking to strengthen my muscles, or I asked for a stationary bike inside my room just so that I could get um, as fit as I could going in. Because I, in my mind, when I leave chemo, I'm gonna be um, dropping in terms of my physical fitness level. So if I go into chemo with a higher physical level, physical fitness level, then my drop off may not be as much as if I didn't exercise, for example. Well, well, yeah, that's that's a that's a really that's really good advice. Um, I, I'm wondering, um, do you think that what you did in in that way, almost like training, if you will, um, did that uh, lessen the side effects? Do you think? Um, I don't have any scientific. Uh, backing for that but in my mind I think for sure uh, knowing that what I can do um, physically and knowing just knowing the level that you can get to helps you strive to where you want to be even when you're sick but not knowing where how far you can go doesn't really help but knowing where you can be does help I, I, I play a lot a, a lot of baseball and I I said to myself that uh I'm going to try and make it to the baseball diamond, even if I just got a transplant this, this week. And um, sometimes I was able to do that. And that 
that boost of energy, that boost of confidence, that boost of positivity, it can carry you more than one or two days when you're not feeling so great. How do you think um, this blood cancer experience has changed your life, Tom? Um, As far as being positive, I don't, it it definitely um, improved that, but I was always a positive guy anyway. My, one of the, when, when I got better, one of the things I asked my son was, did you ever wonder if I would make it or not? And, and he said to me, I had no doubt that you were going to make it because you don't let that, this kind of stuff bother you too much. And that was probably the best thing that uh, I could have heard from him that he, because part of my, my journey was worrying about my loved ones and to hear my son say, I wasn't worried. That made me feel uh, so good. And it was, based on something that he saw in me. Um, so hopefully I can lead that uh, by example for, for him to always be positive about life and not letting things get you down. And burdens are heavier when you make them heavier. And I tried not to be that type of person. Nothing more important than family and health. <laughs> yeah, family and health and yeah, and, and love. So um, what made me stronger? <laughs> was that weakness so that was Mm -hmm. good way to look at it what would you say to someone who has just been diagnosed with mds oh boy um yeah i i'm a peer volunteer with llsc anyway so i i speak with some mds uh um patients new patients or long-standing patients and my biggest message is to stay stay um positive i know that sounds really trite but yeah, for someone who's gone through it and someone who's going through it, it, it does, there is value in hearing um, about staying positive, but not just hearing it, to, to give some examples on how you stay positive. So one of the examples I, I tell patients is um, just to imagine your blood cells um, kicking ass, not just lying dormant in, in, in the bloodstream, but fighting back. Picture that. or when I had my actual stem cell transplant, I was picturing Oscar night in my body. I, I picture waves upon waves of red carpets of blood flowing through my body. And I was telling my body, it's going to be a party. <laughs> so hang out. <laughs> so well, those are the kinds of things that I try and um, get people to think about. Well, as we wrap uh, things up here, Tom, um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Any other words of wisdom? Um, yeah, I'm a I'm an advocate for people joining the stem cell registry. So, um, so I would say um, I would encourage others to go out there and. Um, register their stem cells because there are many patients who need stem cell transplant for blood cancers and other ailments um yeah that's my biggest message to to spread some of the good and the salute you you can be part of that solution so be be part of the registry of being a solution i my cure was supposed to come from a sibling donation but unfortunately they didn't match so um I was diagnosed in 2014 uh, in the in August, um, actually in the summer of 2014, 
And it wasn't until August 2015 that I found my donor. And my donor was, you would figure if it wasn't from my sibling, it might come from the Canadian registry. Again, no. And, and that's part of the, the really disproportionate numbers within the, 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 the database. It's mostly Caucasian. And one of the things I'm trying to do is um, bring more ethnic mix within that registry. So I go out and give talks on, on donating your stem cells. But May 18th, 2018, that was the day when um, I was able to meet Doreen. And Doreen is this woman from Berlin. Um, I had a business trip to Luxembourg and I had prearranged with her to meet up because before the two years after um, my donation, in that two year period, you're not allowed to know who your donor is, mostly because in case something goes wrong and you relapse, they don't want that relationship to have been in place. They want uh, me to be healthier and more sure of progressing well into the future before that was allowed. So yeah, um, I was able to meet Doreen and man, what an amazing day. It was in a Berlin train station. She had a sign for me, welcoming me. We hung out uh, for the weekend and um, we I couldn't speak German, she couldn't speak English, but somehow we communicated um, and uh, yeah, it was euphoric and uh, I was humbled by the whole experience and we're still in touch and I call her my cellmate without any crime. She's my cellmate. Wonderful, wonderful story, Tom. Um, and um, I guess I also want to know, how are you feeling today? Um, today is great. I, um, I Today and every day has been great. I haven't had a transfusion since my transplant. Um, I've had some ups and downs like early on in the um, in the uh, in the process, but those were just infections that were taken care of um, by my amazing medical team. And uh, to this day, um, yeah, I've been blessed, um, and uh, I'm really thankful for that. I uh, I celebrate my anniversary by holding a uh, fundraiser where um, I invite friends and and strangers and whoever to come. And they have to bring a toy for me fit for however year old I am since my transplant. So this year will be, I'll be turning eight. And they have to bring a toy fit for an eight-year-old. And all those toys get donated to um, Sick Kids and Princess Margaret um, for their programs. And we also have a stem cell registration booth where people between 17 to 35 are encouraged to swab their cheek cells that will then register them onto the stem cell database. And, Hopefully they'll be able to help others. So that's been really special to me, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing it again this August. Um, yeah. So doing great, playing a lot of baseball, playing hockey. <laughs> and thanks, thanks so much for your contribution and and giving back. Um, this is uh, something that's really positive and. Uh, no matter what situation you are in life, giving back is is an important part of making a contribution to everybody's well-being. So yeah. uh, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, the LLSC does too. Yeah, the LLSC has been amazing in my journey. They've uh, not just early in my journey. They provided me 
with the research that I needed to see, to understand what was going on in my body. And then they just offer so much encouragement. They're actually one of the um, charities that I, that I help out through my fundraiser. So we've raised a lot of money for a bunch of charities and I'm very happy to be in that position. It's a, it's something that some others have, have shown me by example. And so this is something that uh, hopefully I can show by example. Well, let's leave it there for today, Tom. Again, thanks for joining us and sharing your thoughts on your cancer experience. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, George. Thank you, Brian. If listeners have any questions about this podcast or the subject discussed today, or need any support or resources to navigate your experience, I encourage you to connect with a community services lead in your region. For more information, visit bloodcancers.ca. If you liked our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us wherever you access your favorite podcasts. We also welcome any ideas for our program, so we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email with your suggestions or comments at info at bloodcancers.ca. And finally, this podcast was made possible with the generous support of Bristol Myers Squibb. Until next time, stay well and stay connected. Thank you for listening to The Blood Cancer Experience, a series of podcasts presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. We are committed to supporting the blood cancer community through programs, services, and research. This podcast is presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada.